Before we read the scripture, it is not going to be a preaching, it's going to be an engagement. Before I read the scripture tonight, allow me to bring some few things we agreed with the pastor that uh, shall be brought to your attention tonight. The title of, uh, or the theme of what we are going to do is Three Steps to Victory. Three Steps to Victory. And uh, pastor charged me with a responsibility that I'm going to honor because it was from God that I, I discharged it. He told me, tell the people exactly what you are telling me now and do not remove a single word. Do I obey? Okay. In the last three months or so, a lot of people have been going through extreme challenges. And some of them have been pushed to the wall like nobody has ever pushed them that way. One man of God called me and he told me, man of God, in the next few weeks, if the Lord does not show up, I am shutting down this building and I'm calling it quits. I thought he was joking. Only to hear another lady who is also a servant of God telling me, as we speak, I have given up on ever being called a woman of God. In fact, now that I'm talking to you, this may be the last praise the Lord that I am going to say with my mouth. Before that, another person had called me. And this is also another prayerful lady. And she told me, man of God, as we are speaking right now, I have never been in this kind of financial embarrassment. I have never been pushed to the point where even if I humble myself and I beg for help, nobody is willing to help me. And I'm feeling like I have really sinned against God. Show me by the revelation of the Holy Spirit what sin I may have committed. And I thank God because there was no sin that was to be mentioned before God in the life of that lady. And I remember very well, very, very well how another friend called me. He told me, man of God, I was praying up and down 21 days fasting in my house because things are so tough. Suddenly, a spirit came and slapped me on my ribs. And he did, it did it three times. So he told me, man of God, can you come over to my house? Maybe it is haunted by spirits because maybe the previous owner had issues. What is this? I'm not cooking stories. These are things I've received on phone. Some of them are SMSs. Some of them are face-to-face -face interviews with the people. And the man told me, what can I do? Because how can I be in fasting? And a spirit slaps me physically till I feel pain, till I began to cough. All these people never knew what you are about to know. All these people did not know that the thing going on right now is not personal. It is a corporate attack on the body of Christ. The devil is attacking the body of Christ. It is not the individuals. And if we had a whole night of Kesha and we opened this floor and we told you people, can you come forward and speak? I tell you the accuser of brethren will be accused. And people will mention horror stories that look like a joke. So I told this brother of mine, I am not coming to your house to anoint it. Neither am I even going to pray with you over the phone. I want to open your eyes and to tell you, hey, the attack going on is a corporate attack on the body of Christ. The body of Christ has been under relentless attacks in the past few months. One time we were praying here, as, uh, you know, with the leaders. 
And the Lord took me in a trance. I saw the gates of hell opening up. And suddenly, several dogs were coming out like sand, you know, being poured on earth. And they were coming out and coming out. And asked the Lord, what is this? The Lord told me, these are spirits that are going to irritate my people. They are going to bark at my people. They are going to bite my people. They are going to embarrass my people. And they will not give up till you people at the gate have opened your eyes and seen them for who they are. What does a dog do? A dog will either bite you. If it cannot bite you, it will bark. <laughs> and it will try to block you away. A dog will try to intimidate you. The other thing the dog will do, it may steal your meat. You may be stepping out to go to the kitchen and you come, you find your food has been stolen or overturned by a dog. There are dogs from hell that have been released against the body of Christ. Do you know what, people of God? If you went to this state house of ours, and you sat down with the president, you ask him, how are you doing? Open your heart. He will tell you aura after aura. If you went to the White House and you met Trump and you ask, Mr. Trump, apart from the speeches you give and the nice suit, can you tell us something real from your heart? He will tell you aura after aura. Nobody is having a sleepful night as we are speaking. Oh, am I bringing strange news to your ears? Is it strange? And the Lord in his mercy will assign eyes to see and ears to hear so that the body of Christ is warned and we now take our weapons and aim them accordingly where they belong. Good news, people of God. The attacks are not personal. They are corporate. The barking of the dogs is not about your mistakes. It is a corporate thing going on. The intimidation going on is not about you. It is about the body of Christ. And... <laughs> Some of you are waking up in the morning and suddenly you feel irritated. Some of you feel like you are freezing. Some of you feel scared and you are wondering, what is going on? Did I watch a bad movie last night? Or did I talk to the neighbor badly? Or did I forget to pay my tithe or give my offerings? It is not about how you slept or how you woke up. Demons have been released on earth because God is about to come on earth. The first time I came close to the president, something happened. People took placards and they were demonstrating against the government, against high prices of food and things like that. And I wondered, are we going to have a demonstration that will turn chaotic? And the Lord did not have to speak because I was about to see with my own eyes. Suddenly the motorcade of the president entered in and the whole atmosphere was shifted. And all the placard carriers began to chant and swear and bless and shout and they were honoring the president. Do you know what, people? If the president was, a, was to decide to go to Kibera or to go to Kilimani or to go to Ngong, the obvious thing people will do, especially the idlers, they will organize chaos. No wonder there are men in suits to make sure the chaos are silenced before the president comes, because once he comes, those chaos will never exist. Our job tonight is to usher in the president, no matter what. And once we have ushered in him, we will watch what will happen to those dogs, whether they'll still bark or not. I want to tell you three things, like I've promised. Once I've explained them, we'll now do practicals about them. Are we ready? Before I read the Bible, I want to tell you the first thing you need to do. When you notice 
you are going through unnecessary attacks. Because let me tell you the truth. After we have praised and decreed victory, we will have relief and victory. But tomorrow, the same stupid devil will decide to come back. So if we don't tell you how to take your posture and to take it with sustenance, to take it permanently, this is what will happen. You may get the victory today only to be slapped tomorrow and you get confused. So the first step to victory that you should never forget. I will use a very funny analogy which I will take from a friend of mine who also was caught in a, in a scandal this week. This man is born again. Very saved. But because of being slapped by some strange devils, <laughs> he found himself in a club drinking. And by the following morning, he was so drunk, he could not even go for his business meeting, which was to decide the year for him. Thank God is my friend. He called me. Bro, you know what has happened. I told him, yeah, I was praying for you. I saw what has happened. What do I do? Do I come for some beatings from you or do I come from some John 3.16 from you? What do I do? Do you know what I told him? I told him what I want to tell you. I told him, my brother, do you know the first thing drunkards do when they discover, I'm in a bar. Do you know the first thing they do? They remember their way home. And if they have wives, they begin to talk of their wives. If they have a vehicle, they begin to talk of their vehicle. If they have a bank account, they begin to remember, ah, I have a bank account with this much. They begin to set their destination before anything. Where is our destination? Our destination is the cross of Calvary. Anytime you mess up, anytime you are slapped to the ground till you fall and you are paralyzed, anytime you wake up to fear, anytime you wake up with a headache, anytime you wake up with asthma or whatever wants to wake up with you, remember your destination is called the cross. Do not turn the eyes on you. Do not turn the spotlight on you. Do not turn the accusation on you. Do not turn anything. Remember your way home. Your home is Calvary. Are you hearing me? And tonight, I want to tell you something about Calvary. I want to tell you that every character can be welcomed at Calvary. Any character can be welcomed there. The only thing they need to do, they have to remember Calvary. They have no time to remember themselves and their mistakes and their mess. They only have to remember Calvary. Your way home is Calvary. Calvary is your destination. Calvary is your victory. And when you remember that on that cross, I am home. On that cross, I have the throne, I have the crown, I have the scepter, I have the victory. On that cross, whatever you do, you will begin to sing about the cross. You will begin to shout about the cross. You will begin to talk about the cross. You will begin to elevate the cross. Why do I tell you about the cross? We'll read the Bible, don't worry, we'll read the Bible. Why do I tell you about the cross? Because on Sunday as we worshipped God and we tried to praise God, the Lord opened my eyes I saw something going on. Many people had labels on their foreheads. And these labels, these labels were negative labels. Some were written treachery. Others were written condemnation. Others were written accusations of every kind. Others were written the sins in their hearts and in their mouths and in their minds. Every kind of sin was written. Every kind of accusation was written. 
And these things were beginning to weigh their spirits down and down. And they are trying to say, yes, hallelujah. But the hallelujah was not a free hallelujah. It was a religious hallelujah. It was a forced hallelujah. It was not a revelatory hallelujah. Do you hear me? It was an hallelujah that is made out of orders. Can you shout hallelujah? Then you shout hallelujah. But it was not coming from the heart. Because the weight of the labels were put on these people. And the Lord told me, when you get the chance, tell them this. And I shared with the pastor. And the pastor told me, go and tell the, the, the people when you get the chance. The Lord told me, tell the people, the first step to the true praise of God is the cross. Because on the cross, as we are about to read, every handwriting that was against us was nailed. Every accusation that was against us was nailed. And when you realize that the cross has nailed every accusation, legitimate and illegitimate, you will march there no matter what. <laughs> Have you seen a drunkard marching home? Have you seen a drunkard going home or going to his car? And you try to talk to him or wave at him. He will only talk about where he is going. And he will give you a big smile as if he is not a drunkard. People of God, I repeat to you again, let us march to the cross. Let us forget about our ways. Let us forget about the devils trying to harass us. Let us forget about the mistakes we have made. Let us march to the cross. Secondly, as you march to the cross, let's say for example now, you've taken this first step like now I'm taking. Now you reach the cross. Do you know what you do when you reach the cross? Which is our second step? Because when you reach the cross, we are going to take off every burden. We are going to take off every accusation. We are going to take off every label. We are going to take off every decree and jurisdiction. When we take it off, and now we are at the cross, this is what we do. At the cross, there was no speech. There was no sermon. There was no bonga points, you know. <laughs> at the cross, there was only pain. But it was a substitutory pain. So the same way Jesus was crying under pain, now you, you cry under joy. The same way Jesus is crying under, under beatings, you, you cry under liftings. Do you know something, people? I wish, I, wish, I wish you were a bit more Pentecostal, but forgive me. Do you know something? <laughs> when Peter is looking at the cross, he is a backslider, like Pastor preached the other day. He is a man who has denied Jesus. He is a man who is about to mess even more after he has messed. But the cross was no place for condemnation. The cross was a place for substitution. Everything that was negative was made positive at the cross. And I know some of you, you are judging yourself because maybe you have debts you have not paid. Maybe you have honor you have not fulfilled. Maybe you have an expectation that has not come to pass. But the cross is not a place of confusion. It is a place of celebration. So the first thing you do, you acknowledge your way home. When you reach home, you celebrate that now you are home. Let me give you a short story. And these things, we are going to do them practically, okay? Now, let me give you a story. A man of God whom I think most of us know came to our city when I was a young boy. He was called Anselm Mandumbuko. When those days, he was Anselm Mandumbuko. And he told us in church how he was in London with a very important briefcase, going for a mission to another country. And he arrives at the airport to clear, suddenly the briefcase is lost. And he cannot proceed with this mission 
without the briefcase. <laughs> do you know what Anselm did? Which some of us are going to do tonight? I don't know which briefcase is lost. I know mine. I even know the color. <laughs> Anselm said in that day, he began to shout. Hey! 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 And he shouted and he shouted and he shouted. And you know Nigerians can just be funny. And he shouted and he shouted and he shouted. What was chaotic in the natural was orderly in the spiritual. What was dust, raising dust in the natural was raising honor in the spiritual. And after the shouting, which took not minutes but hours, <laughs> oh, some boys can be intense, suddenly was told, man of God, hey, easy, 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 breathe, breathe. Your briefcase has been found. <laughs> Can I give you a testimony? It's an easy night. We are going to have victory. One time I went to an officer and I was planning to leave the country and I needed some crucial document and the man refused to give it to me. And he refused. I even asked him point blank, do you need a bribe? He said no. I said, I, this is tough. And I went the second time. I, I did everything somebody can do. You know those ones you take even an ankle with a pot belly, you know, just to make a point. The man just refused. I remember his name. It is on record, so I won't mention his name. And he refused. And then the Spirit of the Lord just led me gently to go to my bedroom, close the door, remove the shoe, remove the shirt, remove the vest. And I began to shout and scream and jump and praise. And I caused chaos, 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 chaos. You know those moments, even you tear, you tear the blanket and you jump around and I shouted and I danced and I kicked and I froze Then I jumped again. Oh boy. It was not a few minutes. It was a few hours. When I was done, I wiped, I wiped my labor of faith and then I went back. I told him, Mister, how are you? Yeah, young man. Well, you needed that document, huh? Now, now do this, eh? Uh, in fact, go to that madam. When she writes for you the receipt, bring it. I'm about to give it to you now. True story. I got the document. When you come to the cross, stop your common sense. Begin to celebrate. Just the other day, there was a verdict that was so negative, now you forget about the negative verdict. You begin to proclaim and believe and, and seal your positive verdict. The cross is a place of celebration. But it is not, you know, systematic celebration. It is a disorderly but spiritual celebration. Thirdly, and lastly, then we read the scripture. Then we do the practicals. You have celebrated. You have finished your moment of claiming victory. Now you simply reign. Now you simply confess. Now you simply agree. Now you simply smile. Now you simply wear the helmet of salvation and remain stubborn in your head. No matter which arrow comes after that, it is finished. That's the time you take scriptures and you say, Lord, from this level where we are, the third floor level, 
Nothing can separate us. Previously I was alone, but now it is us. Is somebody married in this house? Previously I was alone, now it is us. Nothing can separate us. Previously they could find me alone and chase me around, but now I have climbed, I am home. I am now married to Jesus. I am now sealed with Jesus. What you do to him, you will do to me. What you do to me, you do to him. In reality. So we'll begin by going home. We will celebrate when we reach home. And then we will take what belongs to us. We will seal and agree with what belongs to us. Two scriptures before we do the practicals. Are you getting charged up? Good. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9. Colossians chapter 9, chapter 1 from verse 9 is our first scripture. Then the second scripture, we will look at it shortly. Then we'll do the practicals. Wow. The Bible says from verse 9, we'll read up to 24, I believe. For this cause, you can read from there. For this reason, we also, since the day we add it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, that, uh, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering, with joy. Somebody say with joy. joy. Giving thanks. Somebody say giving thanks. giving thanks. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Let's brief, briefly stop there. Paul is beginning from the top, then going down. He's beginning from the end and coming to the beginning. The more we will read this scripture, the more we will be coming. We will be descending. Already Paul is saying joy and is giving thanks and everything. Before he touches anything like accusation, we are descending. And I don't want us to lose that. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is the before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the, first, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace. Somebody say peace. peace. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Somebody say reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy, somebody say holy, holy. blameless, Amen. above reproach, in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope, somebody say hope, 
from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. The last word there is the church. And I began by saying, the attacks going on right now are attacks against the church. Now the church can only win by opening her eyes and seeing, oh, oh, this is the enemy trying to attack us and these are the steps we are going to take to overcome him. What is our first step? Acknowledge your way home. Listen to me, people, even as we prepare to do the practicals. Never wake up in the morning feeling heavy, then you begin to point at the heaviness. Point to the cross. Never begin uh, uh, your day, maybe finishing your day or continuing your day, and suddenly there is a fracas. There is a fracas in your mind, there is a fracas in your emotions, there is a fracas in your social life, there is a fracas in your finances, and you begin to go stealing the wind of the fracas. No, the fracas is not your home. Where is your home? The cross. Do not go putting out fires like you are a firefighter and putting out fights and putting out quarrels and putting out things that are beyond your time. The Bible says, saving the time, for the time is short. Do not waste time putting out fires and fights. Concentrate on your journey. Your journey should lead you home to the cross. And when you reach there, do not begin to say, Father, help man believe. No, you are already home. You don't even need to believe it. Now you need to celebrate it. I had a neighbor who used to be a drunk. And he could do everything to come home when he sees he is at his gate. Do you know what he could do? He could begin singing hymns. Why? Because, and I wish I could just squeeze you people to understand it. When you are home, nobody can ever throw you out. When you are home, nobody can deny you your food. When you are home, nobody can deny you the blanket. Therefore, everything you do must reach you home. Everything you do must take you home once you are home. Even if you lost all the salary, at least you have somewhere to sleep as you figure it out. Whatever you have lost, there is still home for you. And when you are home, child of God, nothing is going to remove you from victory. We are going to celebrate because we are home. We may be in debt, but at least we are home. We may have broken the window of the neighbor and now we are wondering how to replace it. But at least we are home. There is nothing like home. There are no people like the home people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is reminding us tonight, stop concentrating on the fights. Stop concentrating on the dilemmas. Concentrate on your destination. Concentrate on the cross. The other day I woke up in the morning. The day was tough. The morning was tough. I could feel the pressure. I could sense the heaviness. And I began to talk to the Lord about the pressure, about the spirits that are trying to wreak havoc and they are trying to mess up the day. The Lord told me, shut up. When the Son of Man is lifted, he shall draw all men to himself. And tonight we are going to lift him. Are we?
Tonight we are going to remember him. Are we? We are going to remember him. We are going to remember his finished work. In the same spirit. Now I can read the second scripture. Second Chronicles. We are sharing with my brother John. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20. The story there is about Jehoshaphat. And let me ask you as we are turning there. Oh, they are already there. God, thank God. Let me, let me remind you as we are turning there. It's good also to open your Bible just in case. It's good to remind you people. These things should be your lifestyle. It should not just be another good sermon you have heard. Cindy, this now should be your lifestyle. You knock the door or you knock the stone and now you are bleeding. Do not talk about your bleed. Talk about your home. As long as Peter could still say the word Jesus, there was still a place for him to be an apostle. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance. Somebody say abundance. abundance. Of valuables of the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves. More than they could carry. Somebody say more than they could carry. And there were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. By the time you are coming home, you have lost something. You have lost your joy. You have lost your dignity. Am I speaking to people? You've lost your sense of confidence. By the time you are coming home, you have lost your sense of speed. But when you come home, you begin to gather it back. So the first round you are going to begin by coming home will be coming home but shaking off what is wrong and putting on what is right. Right? Then after we have put on what is right, we are now going to gather praise and give it to our God. And celebrate to our God. And honor our God. The Bible says for three days they took time to gather. We are not just going to praise God, we are also going to gather. There is, there is abundance in praise. And this praise must gather for us what we have lost. It must gather for us what the enemy was trying to take away from us. Oh, Some people have lost their freedom. I see the word freedom written before me. And we are going to gather back our freedom. Freedom to be able. <laughs> you know, Pasamburu, you remember our dear friend was telling me, I feel like I should never preach because nobody wants to hear my voice anymore. I've even come out of all social media platforms. Lest I should be tempted to send a prophecy or a word of knowledge to anybody and they stone me again. By the time we are done with that lady, I told her, girl, go back and get back your freedom. Get back your license. Take your license and do business again. And I told her, be, let me be your first customer. Send me something. To cheer me up. Then she sent me a song. And I told her, my girl is back. People have lost freedom. Freedom to enjoy the authority. Freedom to enjoy their relationships. We are getting it back. And as we celebrate, we are going to tell everything that was broken, which could not allow us to, pray, to celebrate God, to be made whole. We are getting back our shoes and our spring and our heartbeat. 
You know, there is a heartbeat that brings fear. There is a heartbeat that brings joy. And some of you have lost the heartbeat for joy. When I was kneeling down, the Lord was telling me, this, the tummy of my people is heavy and dry. When they are told, praise God, they just say, hallelujah. But it is a shallow hallelujah. It is not a deep hallelujah from the tummy. My God, we are getting back our spirit. We are getting back our tummy. We are getting back the wells of salvation from within our spirits. Or am I forcing these things on you? Three days. They, they gathered and they gathered. How many are ready to gather tonight? And Moses promised in Deuteronomy 28, not him but the Lord through him, that I will bless your baskets. I will bless your baskets. We gather and we put in a basket by faith. And I will also, the Bible says, I will bless your needing trough. The needing trough is where you put your unga, you put your flour, and you begin to, you know, prepare food for your family. Some of you have no food, not just physical, but spiritual. When we call you to give us a word of the moment, there is nothing in your needing trough. It is time to gather it back. You gather your flour. You gather your oil. Some of you even lost those vessels. You gather them back. There is a restoration tonight. Not by power, not by might, but by the Holy Spirit. And lastly, when we come to Christ, now we seal our victory. We seal our victory. And we make a vow. Jesus, now that I am home, nothing is ever going to take me away. Nothing is ever going to take my soul away. Nothing is ever going to take my spirit away. Now proclaim the blood of Jesus. Proclaim it over your soul. Proclaim it over your name. Proclaim it over your spirit. Proclaim it over your character. Proclaim it over your reputation. Proclaim it. weaknesses embarrassing weaknesses and shortcomings I say this is the end because of the cross of Calvary the cross of Calvary is putting an end to every embarrassing weaknesses but we have a job to do tonight we need to lay it off we need to tell the Lord this ends tonight this ends tonight. And I want you to be sensitive as we exercise our freedom in Christ to engage to your advantage. So as we sing that song again,